welcome to this week's episode of Live Transform. This is episode number 37. Can you imagine that? Meaning 36 preceded this one. <laughs> and uh, last week's episode actually is a great lead-in for today. It really is. Last week we talked about harmony with God and we started touching on this subject of just that musical term. What does it mean to align yourself with the heavenly rhythms of God and your destiny of what your song is to sing? But mostly we talked about what is your intention yeah. and how much that yeah. affects everything. Coming from a place of true peace, experiencing the harmony, the priority, yoking ourselves, and then we went into intentions, yep. as you're saying. But then we concluded with consider the outcome before we do everything right anything okay so okay so we, we actually go any further, can i say this bob yeah. we have a special guest on the program today it's dr jim richards welcome to the program dr jim <laughs> hey it's good to be here always always good to be here i, I love ministering you guys you know I, i've said this before i think i think that when we do this to be, together i don't know about you guys i mean but as far as i'm concerned <laughs> anytime we do stuff together it's it makes me better than I ever do it by myself. You know <laughs> exactly. What I mean? And it's a phenomenon. It's an anomaly. How does <laughs> that right. even happen we're, when we're so goofy? Uh, but the thing is, is that I just love our friendship. Yes. I love our history and the fact that God... Has, and you know what? I just want to say to our listeners, you guys are so key to this because hearing from you, getting your responses, mm-hmm. yeah. we're all friends in this together Absolutely. and we're all in this in this exciting journey of taking the limits off of God, taking yeah. the limits off life and really... You know, relating to last week again, really prioritizing the way God does. Mm-hmm. And it was probably six, eight years ago, Jim, when I first heard you just really emphasize prioritizing peace, mm-hmm. not making any decision except from a place yeah. of peace. And for our marriage, for our family, that has been something we've been very yeah. intentional about. And we've experienced amazing results of the grace of God on our life as a result. You know, it's, it's amazing the things that we do without ever really considering what the outcome's going to be. You, uh-huh. know, you know, Brenda really helped me in this a lot. I mean, I, I've always been a pretty intentional person, but, but mm-hmm. Brenda really helped me bring this down to some practical areas. You know, when, 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 um, when our kids were young, there, there were just times, you know, me just being the way I was, you know, you know, we've all got things that set us off. You know, and according to what your behavior pattern is, like what sets Bob off probably doesn't set you off. And that's the way, Definitely. You know, that's right. the way uh, uh, Brenda and I are. You know, there's, there's things that will just send her over the edge that don't even, I don't even blink at them. But, <laughs> and that makes her even more mad. Like, but, why did you not react yeah, to that? But then the same thing happens to me. So I, I can remember one time, I don't, I, the kids had done something and man, it really hit one of my buttons. And I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to da-da-da-da. And she said, well, you can do that if you want to. She said, but Jim, uh, how, do you want, how do you want these kids to feel about you? And, well, you know, it don't matter. we got to make them do it right. Well, I, I know. but And, and she just kind of <laughs> started asking me questions about, okay, you, you know, when you do this this way, what y'all's, what, what's it going to do the relationship between you and them? And, uh, you know, that, that was a real aha moment for me because, you know, I did that in big things. Mm-hmm. But so often <clears throat> there would be times when I'd run off at the mouth about something and without, you know, all I was caring about was I was going to get to, I was going to get to make my point. You know, I was going to get to prove myself right. 
but I really wasn't mm-hmm. thinking about even if it would even get me what I wanted. You know, so many mm-hmm. times we do something and we want a certain outcome, but there is absolutely no way you can connect the dots and draw a line from what you're doing to the outcome that you somehow think you're going to get. And and so, so you know, I started, and this was back in the, during this era when I was really seeking to know the love of God and walk in, in the love of God. And, and, mm-hmm. and it was in that time, actually, that, that you were referring to, Audrey, where I, where I started realizing the value of peace. Because mm-hmm. pretty much most of my life, I'd never, I'd never valued peace. It's just like, get the job done, make something happen, you know, get, mm-hmm. get this outcome. And, uh, you know, one morning during that period, same period of time, I, I was reading the scripture, and it, and, I, and it says, as much as it lies within you, live at peace with every man. Now, that's a strong statement. And I thought, as much as it lies within me, and I start realizing the effort that God was saying that we should have, uh, that we should place on on living in peace. And, you know, over time, I came to understand, if there's not peace, I'm not hearing God. The people I'm trying to minister to are not hearing God. God can't even get in a situation where there's stress, where there's strife. Can't, can't, Can't do it. Because you you shut off you shut off the doorway between your brain and your heart when you're in stress and strife and and even though God's trying to tell you how to handle something you can absolutely not not hear it and so you know I started on this journey of, of trying to learn how to, if I was going to walk in love I start realizing then part of that means peace because if you have value for people you're not going to you're not going to have them tore up upset and stressed out all the time. And so, you know, one of the early things that I did early on was, and just like I was telling you, telling you last week, you know, I, I kind of did a little heart checklist. And every time I was going to confront somebody, because that would be where I would be more apt to, to not connect the dots between what I was going to do and the outcome that I wanted. And so I just kind of made a little checklist. And, and, you know, I'd say, okay, you know, first thing was, what is the goal? What's the outcome that I want to get from this? And, and you know, clarify that. And then the second question would be, okay, is the way that I'm doing this going to create the probability of getting that particular outcome? And many times right off the bat, that was it. That was as far as I had to go on my checklist because I realized, Psh, no. And then I, then I, then I kind of had some subcategories under <clears> this. Like, okay, if I handle this the way I'm planning on handling it, is it going to create peace? Or is it going to create more strife? If I'm if I'm handling this the way I'm planning to handle it, is the person going to feel loved when it's over with? Are they going to trust God? In other words, is it going to meet that goal of love, you know, love from a pure heart, faith unfeigned and, and a clear conscience, you know? Are they going to feel more loved and more valued yeah. after being with you? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, if I was getting no on those, on those, then I would, then I would go to my intention. I'd say, okay, now what's my real intention in this? Do I just want to get in the last word, you know? Do I just want to be right? Do I just want to win the argument? And many times I would realize, you know what? There ain't nothing about what I'm planning on doing and the motive that's driving me that's got anything to do with love and faith and a clear conscience. And uh, I would always just put the brakes on. I'd catch myself in time. I'd put the brakes on, and I would wait until I could approach this from the place of peace myself but also in a way that would bring about that, those desired results. 
And, you know, uh, it's really interesting. Just last week, man, I had a confrontational situation I had to deal with with somebody. And, um, and you know, I was still a little bit I, – I, I, I knew my intentions, but I was still a little bit on edge when I called them. But it's so interesting now. I've done this for so many years that unless something just happens so spontaneously that I don't even hit the brakes, and I still mess up on it, you know, every now and then. But it was amazing. I mean, I, I, I'm on the phone. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. feeling agitated. Now I got my intention right, but I'm feeling agitated. The moment I open my mouth, start talking to that person, immediately everything in me changed. And that happens so, for the good or the bad. For the good. I mean, it, it, okay. immediately I I I I I had the emotions that it took to fulfill my intention. Wow. And I find that more and more and more that the moment I change my intention that my emotions change. And then what's dry. It's like everything lines yeah. up with that. Once my intention changes, yeah. all of a sudden everything immediately, because that is the, that is the first thing. Yeah. When you get to the leader, if you change the leader of the pack, right. you change your direction. And so I think that's very key in recognizing that changing your yeah. intention is that important. And how, because you can't think ahead of, well, I'll change my intention, but I'll never be able to say the right words or feel the right feelings. Or we'll start yeah. with the intention you know, you know, and then see how the other stuff lines up. You know, up. people, I'll hear people say, well, I can't forgive that person. Yeah, you can. If you intend to, you know, if, if mm-hmm. the intention's there. And, and amazingly, the moment you, the <laughs> moment you put effort <laughs> with intention, Grace comes alive. Because remember, faith without works is dead. Yeah. Nothing comes alive yeah. inside you until there is the intention and then and then the, the works that, that go along with it, the works that support that effort. Yeah. Now again, a lot of people don't get that and they think that's legalism of some kind, but it but it's not. It's just what it's just a biblical universal principle. And it, even the word order comes to mind. Like it's just putting things in the yeah. order of, of where how it works, how life works. So you know, I, I and that story doesn't relate totally to of where we're going this week, but I just kind of wanted to show just just an example of thinking mm-hmm. about the outcome. Mm-hmm. And we can do that like we were talking about last week. We can get to where in every situation we can consider the path that we're going to take. We can consider what we're going to do and if our intention and our outcome actually match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's even how we began, you know, last week was, you know, how is our life working? You know, is is it really working for us? And I think this is extremely practical for all of us. Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, to j- just begin to write these things out, put it on a, a on a note card, paste it on your <clears> mirror. <throat> you know, whatever you need to do, just to begin to notice, interrupt thought, and then begin to with with good intention. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> with good intention from a place of peace. You know to discover that you can really place extreme value, worth, dignity, you know, in all of your relationships on those that you come in contact and with. And your intention is the most important yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It's not what you're doing. It's with what are you, what is your yeah. heart motive it, behind you? You know, the Bible tells us in, uh, an interesting thing. It, it tells us, it tells us to be, to be, you know, quick to hear, but slow to speak. And, and you mm-hmm. know, I, I, one of the things that happens to you if you make this, if you decide to make this journey, see one of the great frustrations is, and especially when negative emotions are driving you, it's like, but I want to say it now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and 
<laughs> you know, th- there was a, a, a again just part of my personal life journey, and, and it it started out this whole concept about not doing something now started out about money, because mm-hmm. you know growing up. It didn't matter how much money I made. I still always ended up in trouble. And one of the reasons I ended up in trouble is because I would buy things impulsively. I'd spend money impulsively. And, um, you know, impulsive, impulsive anything is always about meeting a desire that is usually rooted in some kind of insecurity or some kind of fear mm-hmm. or some kind of negative emotions. And so I can remember when I was when I was doing my undergraduate work, you know, like all Bible college students, we were starving. You know what I mean? You know, just living from hand to mouth because you couldn't work. You know, you couldn't work full time and go to school. And actually, I, right. I took a double load. I took a full load in the morning, a full load at night, and actually took correspondence courses on the weekends. So I had like I had like four to five hours a day to make a living. That was it. And, and mm-hmm. so you know, so I, so I didn't have a lot of time. Didn't have a lot of money. And um, and and it was there that I realized. I can't make any more impulsive financial decisions because if it gets any harder than it is right now, I'm not going to get through school. I'm not, I'm I'm not going to make it, you know? And, and so I made this decision and the decision was, I'm never going to make a financial decision now. And buddy, that got tested. I can't even tell you how many times I get tested. You know, a good deal would come up, a great opportunity come up and, and see, and you want to do it right now, but that print, the whole principle applies big, quick to hear slow to speak but you can apply that again to anything anything where you're expressing yourself or running a risk or whatever and so you know one of the things that has helped me financially is that is i've permission to live by that if you won't make to make the mm-hmm. decision now you're probably then you're not going to be happy because <clears throat> i'm probably not going to make it mm-hmm. and uh and and you know what i've man my hide has been saved financially not because i was really a smart investor or a smart business person but because the people that acted impulsively got took before they had all the facts and they lost their money and I didn't, you know. Well, I had to take that same thing over with, with speaking and, you know, controlling the tongue is harder than controlling anything, any other aspect of your of your expression. And so, you know, you always want to say it now, like I said, particularly when you're going to jack somebody up, you're going to put them down, you're going to, you're going to stab them in your heart with your words, you're going to get even with them, you're going to prove that you're right or whatever it is you're going to do, you want to do it now. And it is amazing at the perspective that you get when you when you realize I don't have to say anything now. My my opinion does not have to be known right now about anything. Hmm. So that was one of the early decisions that I made about not only about confrontation with other people, but just about most of life's important decisions there's really you know that is such wisdom that you just told us because as you're speaking just like the listener all of all of us are thinking okay how does this apply to my life because we all are different in what we are going to need to apply that to you know whether it's i'm not going to decide what to eat now i'm going to listen to a song first i'm going to take three minutes and just breathe deeply 10 times i mean just something that's just going to redirect what you're going to you know, what you're going to say to that person mm-hmm. or how you're going to make that phone call. And just that just promotes peace. That very decision that you're not going to do something now is um, contradictory to our world culture and to what is being demanded of us. But we really do have the choice to not make that oh, yeah. decision now. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and people who do, who make the heart physics journey, 
one, one of the mm-hmm. I, I think I think we talked about this before. You know, when I first started learning about creating triggers, mm-hmm. you know, I was uh, I was on, on my way overseas to do a mission trip. I was going to be gone for several weeks. Brenda and I had not been married long, and so man, I just missed her like crazy. And so you know, I, I would I would take I had this picture of her that was my favorite picture. Still have it to this day. I you know, had to laminate it. Uh, so that you know so that it will last but i'd take I, I'd sit on the plane it was it was one of those you know all hours together it was one of those 20 something hour flights you know what i mean yeah and so yes. I, I i would take her at this picture and i would look at this picture and i would just think about how much i loved her and 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 trusted that she loved me and i would and i would mm-hmm. right, right here between my right here between my thumb and that little web between your thumb and your index finger mm-hmm. I, I would i would just press on that when i'd have that when I would think about how much we loved each other. And then I got to where I just, then I'd close my eyes and I'd get into, into my heart zone and I would, and I would think about that and I would press that. Well, what I was doing, I was creating a trigger. And so, Mm -hmm. so I got myself to where I could be anywhere doing anything and press on that. And suddenly I would be flooded with these feelings of love and connection. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. when I would be over here preaching and, and, you know, I was staying, I was sleeping in, horrible conditions eating horrible food actually you know because i did these jungle crusades and so we'd be out in the middle of nowhere hungry hot you know just miserable 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 and and then lonesome on top of that and i could sit down anytime and just mash that spot bam suddenly i would just feel totally connected you know back then we didn't have cell phones Mm -hmm. there wasn't no calling home you know you you just Mm -hmm, you'd go mm -hmm. you'd go a week or a month without talking to each other so what was interesting is when i got back home uh, after being back home a few weeks, we were fussing about something. We were arguing about something, and um, and I didn't do it intentionally. But you know, while we were talking, I was kind of stressed. You know, sometimes when you're stressed, you'll just kind of rub your hands together. I was stressed and I was getting mad, and and, and I just mashed on that trigger point. And it's like suddenly, <laughs> I'm like suddenly, I'm I'm like, mm, uh, no, I won't make out. I don't want to fight. You know. <laughs> Why am I having so much mercy for this woman? And so I realized that we have the power in Uh any situation to instantly put on any kind of emotions we want and put off any kind of emotions. And if you'll remember Mm -hmm. in the essential heart physics, we we create a trigger. Yes, we do. And so one of the things people want to learn is, is when you learn to deal with your heart, you can be, man, you can be out, you can be enraged almost. And if yes. you've created a trigger, you can instantly go from, you know, 100 to zero just just that fast. Yes. And yes. when all those emotions are gone, now you can make a decision out of your values. And if you value peace, if you value love, if you value harmony, you know, if you value, you know, whatever you value, you, you, that'll drive your decision instead of these emotions. Mm-hmm. Establishing those uh triggers and just establishing his truth in your heart mm-hmm. it, the the idea that we've been speaking about of noticing um if, if you're going to consider the outcome you need to notice the moment mm-hmm. you need to no- notice what you're feeling what you're seeing you know what you're going through right right now exactly uh, jim before before we started uh today's episode uh you brought out a verse out of jeremiah chapter yeah. six and and 16 and something there uh with regards to uh, his ancient paths but also uh 
a, a considering or um, noticing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it fits in well with these yeah. it, it does. And by the way, you know, to, to add to what you were saying or not to add to it, but really to, to just kind of make a comment on it. Uh, what's interesting is that we won't notice if we don't slow down and consider. Hmm. Good point. And, and so it's kind of a it's kind of a it's a continuum. It's like the, the, yes, it, yeah. it's like you want to notice, but you got, but you got to consider. So anyhow, Jeremiah six sixteen. I, I love this uh, truth that's in this scripture here. It says thus says the Lord: Stand you or, or you stand in the way, and see and ask for the old paths. Uh, where is the good way and walk therein, and you'll find rest to your souls. And he says to the, about the children of Israel. He says, but the problem is, is but they, they said no. They, they didn't want to walk in those paths. Now, the, Bible, the hmm. Bible tells us that there's a path of life, and when we walk in this pathway of life, there is, there is no death. And, you know, <clears throat> I've taught the principle, and, and you guys have been there when I've taught about serendipitous living. You know, if, if you can, if I am in harmony with God, if I'm walking in step with him, which means i got to be walking the same path. If I'm walking the same path that he's walking, then I'm always going to be in the path of life. And mm-hmm. m- most of the great things that happen in my life are really planned. They just kind of happen, and I just happen to be there at the right place with the right person at the right time with everything working out. But that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Because, you see, in this pathway, there isn't any death. Mm-hmm. There isn't anything that, that you're going to find in this pathway that's going to go wrong, that's going to that's going to mess you up. And mm-hmm. so, so, you know, the easiest life in the world to live is just that life where you, where you get to where I know how to stay in step with God. And, and I know I am in harmony with his values. What, what's important to him is important to me. So, mm-hmm. but the key here is, is this word for paths and some translations, uh, King James doesn't put it as a plural word, but, um, uh, or the word way, let me put it away when it says stand in the way, that's actually the Hebrew word for path and it's plural. And so it presents the concept of standing at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. Now, in every single situation we're in, the crossroads is, is not always necessarily going to be about right or wrong. And, and uh, you know, I, I tell people this. I got to where I quit saying this because people misunderstood it. But, you know, I've told people, you know, right or wrong is not the most important factor in making a decision. Because you can justify anything and make it, make it convince yourself it's right. Or you can choose right based on your limited intellectual uh, perception of the situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I what I want to know about making this decision is is is, is am I going to have peace? Am I, I going to stay in harmony with God? And and this is at this crossroads yeah. is where people don't move because they 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 get stuck thinking. So what's God's will? Yeah. What's God's will for my life? What's God's will? And mm-hmm. and they and they stick there, and they're like, "Do I go left? Do I go right?" You know, do, mm-hmm. and and they're and they don't it's move. Paralyzing. Paralyzing. Thank you. Well, you know, there's a, there's a couple of interesting concepts in that too. You know, you know, you know. First of all, uh, most of the time when people choose the path that people choose, they're ch- they're usually choosing that path based on the emotion that's driving them, not based on the desired outcome. 
And mm. and so so you know if anger's driving me, that is such a good line, Jim. I'm going to say that again. They choose your path according to your emotion. Yeah not to your desired outcome. So we haven't taken that time right. to say, what is my desired outcome here? And see, we can get mystical about the, about the will of God. Is this the will of God? Is not the will of God? And most people get so subjective about that, it just comes down to how it makes them feel at that moment. It, mm-hmm. uh, and, it has, and, and it has no concept of am I harmonizing with God? You know, if I'm harmonizing with God, mm-hmm. then it's always going it, to, the, the goal and the purpose is always going to be to bring about love from a pure heart, you know, faith mm-hmm. and uh, um and, and a clear conscience. And so, so if, 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 those, if I'm not considering those factors, then I can convince myself anything is the will of God. And I, and I can head down any path without ever really evaluating what intentions are truly driving me. So he, stand, he says, so when you're standing at this crossroads, mm-hmm. You, you've got to make a decision. So it says to stand, and that word for stand in the Hebrew is a meditative word, which means to stand and contemplate. Now, I can't even tell you how many people tell me they don't have time to meditate. And, you know, my question is, well, do you have time to lose money? Do you have time to blow up your marriage? Do you have time to turn your kids against you? Do you have time right. to be sick for a year or so? Do you have time mm-hmm. to go to the hospital? You know, you know, do you have time for all this conflict in your life? Because you're, mm-hmm. you're going to spend your time either contemplating and considering and yoking up with God, or you're going to spend your time making emotional payments on emotional debt because you let, because you let, these, uh, uh, let these emotions drive you. Now, mm-hmm. in Hebrew... When you're when you when you're interpreting or translating a word, and really it goes beyond translation because it's got to get into interpretation too. You know, there there's what the word means. There's what the word means in the context. Um, there's all these factors that that t- give you indications of how to understand and apply that word to your life. And one of the things though is that every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has its own definition. So. You have to look at the definition of every letter in a word. Well, in that word there where it talks about standing, the first letter it refers to God. The second letter refers to the revealed knowledge of God. And we have the, you know, the revealed knowledge of God that we have more than any other place is just the life and the teachings of the Lord Jesus. That, that's that's where we know who God is. That's where we know what His intentions are. That's what, where we know what what He meant and implied by everything that He says. But interesting, the last letter in that word represents a doorway, and 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 that doorway is is really talking about a doorway into God's heart or into God's presence. And so the mm. concept is when you're standing at that crossroads, contemplating. And making a decision based on what you know about God and his values, uh, that you want to take the path that's going to lead you into the heart of God, where your, where your heart is going to be one with his heart. Your intention is going to be one with his intention. Now, the word there for see is a really interesting word. Uh, the word there for see... Uh, is a word that indicates spiritual insight or, or discernment or, you know, you know, 
more more of a seeing with your heart. Right. And so so what's interesting is it is is really he commands us to see. Now, you might so it says it says when you stand these paths, when you stand there contemplating, he's saying I'm I'm commanding you to see. Well, now wow. God could only command me to see if that's possible. And so we get into this this fact that in the Hebrew language, the word obey and the word hear are the exact same word in the Hebrew language. Hmm. So there is a continuum between hearing and obeying. And this is where this really gets into you know, us talking about last week, start, uh, starting out about talking about people's lives just not working, it just being difficult, hmm. just being hard. Why hmm. is it coming together? Well, this kind of starts getting into this because... <clears throat> Since hearing and obeying is a continuum, then you realize that you don't have the, the capacity, or let me put it this way, you only have the capacity to hear that which you are willing to obey. Mm-hmm. Now, think about it this way. Jesus said, to him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Now, you notice that he didn't say, if you had ears, the Spirit would say. He said the Spirit is saying. He's already saying it. In other words, in other words, God is not sitting back saying, as soon as you get it all ironed out and get your attitude right, then I'm going to tell you what to do. God is always it's speaking. all on us. Absolutely. It is all on us what we're willing to surrender to him. Yeah to know that we are so willing to obey this that we will actually hear it. You see, I think that that's, I think that we get it so mixed up. Once I hear his voice, then I'll obey him. But what you're saying is my willingness to obey just actually causes me to hear. If you're not hearing God's voice, oh, yeah. listen, let me just say right now to our listeners, please get, re- <laughs> please get ready to be merciful to me because you're, you're about to hear me say something you don't want to hear. And that may offend you. It may offend you. But remember, and, and, and this is where this principle comes in. Y'all have heard me teach for years. The truth that has the most potential to set you free is always yes. the truth that has Gonna the most potential you. to offend mm-hmm. you. And that's all right. based on your willingness to obey. Right. Right. So so, so we realize. If you're not hearing God's if voice. If I'm not hearing God's voice, then that means that more than any other probability Whatever it is that he's telling me will solve my problem, I'm not willing to do it. Now, you got to let that sink in for a minute. Mm-hmm. I am. Can you tell I was actually quiet? Oh, yeah. But, but <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, we, we get into, people would twist this around and just, I, I see ways that people just make this kind of goofy. But, see, this is why lordship is so important. The people who make the journey. See, if it's not about relationship, then lordship becomes legalism. If it's not about relationship, then everything becomes either legalism or mysticism. But if we Mm -hmm. believe that God is good and we believe everything he's done is for our benefit, and if we believe that Jesus is really going to teach us how to live life, then we come into this going, okay, I am confessing you as Lord. And, And what that means, 
I am saying in advance that I have a repentant attitude. Now, we got people out there today saying, oh, Christians don't repent. We're not supposed to repent. That's not for us. No, 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 no. I know they mean well. I know they're overreacting to what religion has done in the past. But that, and the tenses for that word repent is something, it's not a one, it's not a one size fits all. It's not a one time thing covers everything. It's an attitude of teachableness. It's an attitude that says, I'm always teachable. I'm always willing. I'm always yielding. I'm always having this sense of surrender yeah. of just not in a white flag way, but in a total trust yeah. way. Like I am always in this. I, I heard the words together yesterday, tender surrender. And it kind of rhymed. And I said, make that just the posture yeah. of my every moment to have this tender surrender, to be hearing your voice and to be changing Anything that's not right in my mind or my heart. So you see, I'm standing there at that path, and he's te he's telling me to see. Yeah. Now, if I can't see, then I got to do a heart check, mm. and I've got to decide now: is there anything I would hold back from God? Hmm. Because what that means is I don't trust him in that area. I don't believe that what he's going to tell me in that area is really for my good. I'm deciding what's what I'm deciding what's good for me. I, you know, I'm I'm God's not. You know, I'm not letting God decide what's good for me. You know, you know, you guys have probably heard me tell this story, but but you know, uh, uh, after Brenda and I got married, you know, uh, you know, I, I really struggled with with having gone through a failed marriage and, and getting married again. Right. I mean, right. that was that was that was an intense struggle, and. Uh, and I can remember one day, um, and I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't ever chase words. I don't ever, I don't ever try to get anybody to give me a word. You know, if somebody gives me a word, I take it, I put it on the shelf and I just leave it there. And if, if it happens, sure. that's just, that's just, I don't despise prophecy, but I absolutely don't try to live off of it or pursue it. But uh, there was a guy, an old crazy Pentecostal prophet that came to Huntsville and, um, uh, and he was one of these guys that when he would prophesy, he was wrong as much as he was right. But when he was right, it was so incredibly accurate that it was frightening. But when he was wrong, it was so stupid, it was it was frightening, you know. And so, you know, you know I just kind of tried to take the bitter with the sweet and, you know, not despise prophecy. So right. he was passing through town and and uh, the Lord spoke to me one morning. I got it. And this was when I was had this kidney disease and didn't know if I was going to live. This is when, you know, Brent and I hadn't been married very long. I was struggling for my life. And uh, I got it one morning. The Lord said, go find Brother Bell. I've given him a word for you. Boy, I'll tell you, now, I haven't argued with God many times. But that's one of them times, like, look, God, you could get anybody else in the world to give me a word. Well, it, it, don't, it don't have to be him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Not Brother I, Bell. I, 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 I won't go through the whole story but anyhow so i finally surrendered and i found i found out where he was he was staying in a church out in the country that the roof had caved in there was only like a sunday school room or something that you could live in because the whole building was collapsing and um and so i had made up my mind going out there i said now lord you know there's nothing that i that that's about me that doesn't belong to you and if I can't, if I can't be live with Brenda, and fulfill my destiny and live a life pleasing to you, then I want mm -hmm. you to know I will, I will give her up. I'll take care of her. I'll support her and the kids for the rest of their lives. But I will take myself out of that relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, 
uh, and I'm in it. I mean, and it was heartbreaking because this this first time in my life I ever had anybody that I believe loved me. I know. I mean, right. everybody else always wanted something, but nobody right. really loved me and valued me, right. except my mother. And uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. so, uh, so I get out there and I find Brother Bell. So he comes to the door, and so I go in, and he says, he says, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. I said, I ain't telling you nothing. I said, we ain't, we're not going to play this little guessing game where you try to get hints out of me and try to work up a prophecy. You either hear from God or you don't hear from God. And, you know, if you don't hear from God, don't, don't try jerking me around. Don't, try, don't make up something. And so, so that was our introduction. So, so we prayed, and, and uh, what was interesting is and he started from when I was a, bo- a little boy, the day that I stood in my backyard and knew that God had a call in my life. I was probably four years old. And I, re- I remember, I relived that day. He described that day. And he, and he marched through the events of my life right up to what I was thinking about driving out there. And he said, and, and he said, and today you said in your heart you would give up your marriage, you'd give up this relationship. And he said, he said, even though you made mistakes and even though you hurt people, uh, my hand brought you together. You just made it, you just made it less than acceptable. But no, you know, I brought you together. You know, this this is the woman you're going to fulfill your destiny with. Yes, and yes. Uh, and. What a, the most loving thing God can oh, yeah. give you, the most loving message you could hear. But just imagine if I hadn't been willing to let go of that, I would have had to close off aspects of my life for, mm-hmm. for fear of what God might say to me. Right. So, you know, I, I know firsthand that when, you, when you're trying to hold on to anything, or keep it back from God because you, you want this, and it's more important to you than your relationship with God. You, you can't hear what God's going to say to you. You know, God, nope. see, see I, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but you know, there is a word in, in, in the ancient Hebrew where it talks about the love of God, and, and, and it's not the love that God has for the world. See, the love that God has for a world, that's not a relational love. That's a love that comes out of his character. When the Bible says, for God so loved the world, that's not the same thing as him talking about friendship love. It's not the same thing in the Hebrew as him talking about this, this kind of love that only comes when both people are giving. In the, in the Greek, that's love perfected. Both people mm-hmm. are in love with each other. Mm-hmm. And so you read these scriptures about what God will do for those that love him. Like, you know, everything works together for good those who love the Lord. Well, you know, some of these people who really misunderstand some things would read that and say, well, see, you know, uh, since we're in the new covenant under grace and everything works for our good. No, no, not necessarily. Because for things to work to your good, you've got to be in this trust relationship where you follow him. Because if you don't follow him, he may be trying to lead you to safety, but you're trying to be the strong ox. You're trying to be the one that pulls the yoke this way. And, mm-hmm. and, and even though he's still speaking to you, he's still trying to lead you. The problem is you're not standing there at that pathway contemplating what keeps you connected to the heart of God. So that old way, what's interesting about that old way is is. The word for way or path here is not the same one as the one as used before, because what's interesting, this is a path of uncertainty. And the, 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 the letters in this word 
indicate that it's a path that you follow by faith. It's a path that you follow by divine guidance, but it is a path that will lead you back to the heart of God. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> see, sometimes we make it incredibly difficult in trying and setting that path like Bob was talking about, and we're standing there saying, okay, what, what's the will of God? What, what? Sometimes that's the wrong question. Because if I get my intention right, where all right, I'm going to walk in love. So, so, so I'm going to make sure you know this. This is this is about. I'm going to stay endeared to God. I'm going to stay where I trust His love. I'm going to stay in the place of faith, where where I'm trusting and yield it to God. So if I if I do try to pull Him off the path, I'll recognize when He's trying to pull me back on the path. But I'm also I'm, I'm not going to violate my conscience in this. See, mm-hmm. if, I, if, if I harmonize my intentions with God's intentions, I don't have to know the will of God in the sense of where is this supposed to come out? What's supposed to happen next? You, you know what I mean? I don't even have to yeah. wonder. It's not even, it, 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 the trust becomes so real, yeah. so substantial, even in its invisibility, which it is, it becomes so tangible in your heart that the other things really are of no consequence. Those things are just not exactly. as, they're just not as important because you already know that you know that you know that because, I mean, I was reading just a simple um, uh proverb in the book of proverbs i forget the exact verse but it was saying those who are entrepreneurs in business have much money but those who know that they are children of god always have provision Mm. and i and the lord asked me he goes audrey do you want a lot of money or do you want provision Mm -hmm. and i said i want provision because money is an earthly monetary measurement of security that is actually not even real but provision is forever eternal constant in every circumstance like that's just a small example of what what i'm saying when i'm on the pathway of provision why am i wondering about money right exactly does that make sense that was just my way of sort of interpreting no absolutely you know you know proverbs and and by the way i want you to know i don't do all this this hebrew research myself you guys you guys know this i mean i do a lot but but i use tools that other people created so so i don't want i don't want people Mm -hmm. thinking i'm a hebrew scholar i'm not uh, uh, there's a, actually, I mean, besides the tools I have on my computer, there's a guy by the name, I think his name is Chaim Bentora. That's his, that's his pseudo name that, uh, that is great with Hebrew that, that I use a lot of his study resources. So I just want, want to make mm-hmm. sure that I give credit where credit's due here. Yeah. But in Proverbs 14, he, it talks about how that a, har- a rich harvest comes by the strength of an ox. Now, hmm. uh, the, 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 the ancient Hebrews considered uh, considered the ox to be a reflection of the spiritual power of God that works inside of you, mm. and so 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 the yoke, of course, symbolizes you know getting in step with Him, uh, yielding yourself to Him, but also it is harnessing to His power, so so that mm-hmm. we're you know we're getting in step with Him so that He pulls the yoke we don't pull the yoke. we just get in step with him and that's one of the reasons we want to realize that you know we always win when we're, we're making this walk with him because he knows the path he knows where he's going he's got the strength mm-hmm. to get there all i've got to do mm-hmm. is keep in step and to me keeping in step kind of speaks more to these to my intentions to the to, to these individual yes. intentions yes yes but what's interesting and uh um uh Bentor goes into this explaining that 
the word fruit or, uh, you know, or harvest, it's, it's an interesting word because the word harvest and the word here again become a continuum. And now, now this is, this kind of gets in, this kind of gets into stuff you can't get except from a, a heart perspective. Okay, mm-hmm. so I, I only hear if I'm willing to hear. In other words, if I, if I, don't, if I don't have any closed-off area, I'm willing to hear. But what's interesting is that word that he's going to speak to me, the fruition of that word is the fruit that comes out of trusting and following him. So that ox that brings forth the fruit, you know, the harvest, that harvest is the word in manifestation, does, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That did. That time it did. So the harvest is the fruition of the word. So so when you're talking about, again, you're talking about power, the power of God, there are continuums here where, you know, you know I, I used to tell people this, is you don't know anything's true until you've believed it, put it in practice, and seen it come to pass. Because you, you, you don't even know what's going to look like coming to pass for sure in your life until, until you've walked out this process. And any, anything that you haven't seen work in your life, you don't know if it's really true or not. So the Word of God that we're willing to hear, see, we consider that to be a revelation. So we kind of say, okay, over here's the revelation. God showed me this Word. Over here's the manifestation. And, of course, in between that is me hearing that and yielding. But the reality of it is, you don't have a revelation, really, until you have the manifestation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You have inspiration, you have information, but that is not real. That's not life yet. And see, a revelation is the unveiling of something that makes it real at this moment. And so, and so... It's not until we hear it and yield to it and it actually produces what it says it'll produce that it's a true revelation. So you can't separate manifestation from revelation. So this gets into some concepts of faith that we were taught to some degree, you know, in the last 50 years, where, you know, faith, because we trust God, we experience what he says as being real right now in our heart. Exactly. And but the ultimate of that revelation is not that I know something. It's not that I can go around and answer the questions. The ultimate of that revelation is that it is what manifests in, in our lives. And anytime you yoke up to the strong oxen, because of what they did, they would take a strong oxen and they would take a, a weaker oxen. Because if you had two oxen, both of them trying to be the alpha then you're always pulling against a strong ox and trying to get him to walk in your path. That's the way we are. It's like, it's like I want to take this path, Jesus. You know, you're my shepherd. Walk this path with me. Well, no, the shepherd leads, chooses the path. The, right. the strong ox says, no, this is the path. You just sink mm-hmm. up to me, and this is going to be easy and light. It'll be so but easy. if I don't sink up to him, which includes hearing, which includes obeying, which includes yielding, which includes which following. Which includes meditating, yeah. which means stopping and seeing yeah. and seeing those paths. Exactly. Those were such action words. Yeah. You know, it, it. I just love that verse. Stand, you know, and see and ask and then travel. Yeah. And you will find rest for your souls, which is the which I love yeah. how you said that's the presence of God, that's the heart of God. So, so I have to admit, like I said, if I'm not hearing from God, 
then there's probably some aspect of my life that I've got closed off and I'm afraid he's going to tell me something I don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, if, uh, if I'm not, if I'm not yielding to God or, or, or if, if my life is not easy and light, then that means I'm really not yoking up to him as the, as the strong ox. If my paths are not leading me beside still waters and green pastures and, and all of these things, then I am not following him as my shepherd because that's the only place he leads me. I might be attempting to follow him. I might have sincerity about following him, but I'm trying to do it the way religion has mapped it out instead of doing it relationally. And all I can say is that from everything in personal experience, I will tell you the more that I spend time in a meditative place with communion with God, involving myself in his decrees, in the heavenly promises of Colossians 3, where I set my sights on not on earthly things, but on heavenly things where Christ is seated at the Father. And I think about heavenly things. I don't think about other things. I feel like sometimes I'm just developing in my heart and mind even these new highways that, that are hard to develop at first. It takes extreme intention to think like he thinks and to think his ways. But the more I do it, the more I invest my time and my energy in that place of meditation, it's like these constructive, these constructing highways are taking place where all of a sudden it starts to become easy to think his yeah. thoughts. It's easy to to go in these places and think. His, and that's where discouragement can't get close yeah. and worry can't get close to me because I've already established that his enemies are conquered. They're powerless. They're he he lays out his in this in my in Psalm twenty three. You're talking about sheep. Psalm twenty three. It talks about how my life is e- is put at ease because in plain sight of my enemies and those who are positioned against me, he lays out my weapons, uh, my 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 plan of defense and my weapons of victory. And he does this in plain sight of my enemies because that's how strong yep. and powerful and conquering yeah. he is. So I develop all these situations and I'm going to call them. I know Bob's like, what are you talking about? But when I, I feel like these are his paths and these are his heart and, and all of a sudden life is getting so easy. Like, cause fear just is not having its way. Well, and you know, kind of what you're describing, I think is what the Bible saw moments is labor to enter into rest. You know, you're, you're doing these things from great intention and you're, you're teaching yourself to think a certain way. You're praying to think a certain yeah. way. You're pursuing God. But in time, that just becomes the way you think. And it does become effortless because you do come to that place of rest. Yes. Thank you for putting it that way because my way sounded a little no, dramatic. I, no, I just, I just, what I want to do is I just want to give a biblical anchor, yeah, anchor to something you. I thought you yes. described great personally. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just, I'm just, just, I'm just describing my heart and I, and I'm talking sometimes for hours, I will just, Bob can see me. I just sit there and yep. I do this and I'm like, wow, it's starting to become like life is easy because well, it's this becoming is so your reality. Real. See, once one of the way you know your brain is creating these neural pathways. There's something that happens physically, right. and there's something that happens in a non-physical way. Right. But the physical part. Part of this is physiological. Yeah. I'm sure of it. When we're training ourselves to think a certain way, our our brain has to create new neural pathways. That's why the Bible tells you to renew your mind. See, if you don't mm-hmm. renew your mind, then every time you get in this situation which is sim- similar to some other situation, then you go, you'll go down the same stupid you path. You go down the same path. You go through the same thought yep. processes with the same fear, fear the same worry, emotions. discouragement, despair. But when you create a new superhighway to, a, to yes, a, another you. process, 
then that, that's that's the new pattern that runs. And that's the, it, it starts to become the easier way. Before Absolutely. it was the harder way, but now it's starting to become, oh, why am I scared yep. of that? That There is no need for me to fear of that because I know the end from the beginning and God has told me this. Yep. You know? Anyway, this is, we have gone for a while, I think. Oh, this hey, has been really good. This has been really Absolutely. good. Hey, listener, are you still there? Or is it just us three? No, <laughs> they're there. And all I can say is take time, review it, listen to it again, and please share it with someone. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing is give us some feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just let us know, hey, you know, this is really helping. And this is, I, I, I think last week's episode and this week's extremely practical simply because I think you're beginning to slow down and you're going to consider. Yeah. You're going to begin to consider the, the end from the beginning. But as well, today, I, I, the, a word that kind of stuck out to me is that I'm willing to make that journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when, when there's a willingness of heart to make that journey, then I'm going to begin to hear and I'm going to begin to see the very things that yes, I want. I, yes. I, I'm going to be willing to make that journey. There have been some challenges in place. I mean, if I'm not hearing God, maybe I'm not willing, maybe I'm scared of what he's going to tell me, or maybe I'm not willing to do, you know, if I'm, if life isn't working, maybe I'm not on that path. Those, those things are, it's the most loving thing you can tell someone is to tell them the truth. Yep. So this is, this is, this is good stuff. Whew. All right. Well, my friends. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Bob's got so many notes. I'm just taking a look at all of this. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's just take a moment. Father, thank you that you bring us to this place and you mm-hmm. invite us into such a warm, loving relationship and just that mutual sharing of life one with another. Yes. And so today, Father, as we stand at this crossroads, We want to see. In fact, you're asking us to see. And so today, I will see. And more than that, I will hear because I have purposed in my heart, I will obey. Mm -hmm. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. And as we travel down these pathways to your presence and to your heart, um, we believe we're going to find rest for our souls and we are going Mm -hmm. to... We are going to find your presence and your communion like never before. Lord Jesus, bless Impact Ministries and Jim and all the world changers that support that ministry. God, I know that your plans and your purposes are going to prevail for that. And we pray blessing, prosperity, and promotion and your goodness all over that and your strategy in Jesus' name. And you know what, listener, I'm really thinking about you because the Lord Mm -hmm. knows exactly who you are. And he has this way of literally captivating your heart and inviting you into this place. Mm -hmm. This is not for someone else. This is for you. The doorway is there. We talked about doorways. Go through that door and find him, and he will not disappoint you. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Amen. Wow. I'm really excited Mm -hmm. for everyone, for me, for our listeners. Why not? Wow. Jim, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. What a great day. (laughs) Great day. Can't wait for next week. Love to you all. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.